In a TV show presented before the Winter Olympics, they featured a blind skier being trained to slalom ski, as impossible as that sounds. The blind skier was paired with a sighted skier, and they first went to the flat areas and learned how to turn left and right. But once they had mastered that, they were taken to the um, slalom course, and the sighted skier then skied right beside the, the blind skier and shouted out the directions of left and right and hard left, hard right. Eventually, the, side, the blind skier was able to negotiate the course and finish the, and cross the finish line. For the blind skier, it was either complete trust or catastrophe. And what a vivid picture of life. In reality, we are all blind to the course that we should take. We have two choices, either trust ourselves or trust God, the only one who can really see. Our sermon today from Jeremiah is all about trust. We can trust ourselves and ski right into a tree, or we can trust God and cross the finish line. In doing that, then, Jeremiah says that there's really only those two choices. But instead of using the metaphor of a skier, Jeremiah uses the metaphor of two plants. The first plant describes those who trust in themselves. They choose to live life alone. And the second plant it, uh, describes those who trust in God. And God puts us then in a community of other like-minded trusters. Jeremiah 17, where he says, Thus says Yahweh, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from Yahweh. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places in, of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. The first plant is the shrub. I think many of you have been to a desert area, either in Arizona or parts of California, or maybe even overseas in the Judean desert. There's hardly any life in the desert. Almost no plant life. Almost no animal life. The only way you know it's not hell is because there are no cats there. My apologies to cat lovers. <laughs> I'm not a cat lover, sorry. <laughs> but no one wakes up one day and says to themselves, you know, today I'm going to be a shrub in the desert and no good come to me. Today I'm going to live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabitable salt land. No, we don't wake up and do that. It usually happens incrementally that we turn from the Lord to ourselves. It usually happens beginning with some crisis in our life, a family crisis, a health crisis, a financial crisis, a emotional crisis. And we wonder, if God really loved me, he would not have let this happen. 
and we stop praying. We say, if God really loved me, he would have answered my prayers. And then we stop worshiping. Oh, we may attend church, but we stop worshiping. And we say, if God really loved me, he would have shown me kindness. And the reason we get that way is because we view those events in our life through the grid of our eyes rather than God's. We make flesh our strength. And by flesh then means that we start depending on our wisdom, our ingenuity, our abilities. And we do things like stockpiling finances or um, manipulating relationships. And then what happens is that we then start telling ourselves lies. Remember the confession that we had earlier. We say that the human heart is deceptive above all things, and then as the Hebrew says, va'anesh, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? It's like a piece of spinach stuck to someone's tooth, and you hear them, but you say, I can't understand you. I can't pay attention to you because you've got this piece of spinach stuck to your teeth and you're clueless. You don't even know what's there. You just keep talking and smiling. That's like our hearts. Our hearts are often clueless. We have no clue. We are blind to our blindness. But, even, but let me be even more blunt, and I say this with all respect and love. Most of the time, our worst enemy is ourselves. We are our own worst enemy in our lives. We tell ourselves lies, we believe the lies, and then we turn around and convince ourselves that we're living in the truth. We become like a shrub, dry and barren. Our roots don't go deep enough to tap into God's living water of grace. And even when showers of blessings come, they just disappear in the sand. And we wonder why nothing ever changes for us. We blame other people. We blame our circumstances. Sometimes we blame both. But that's not what God wants for us. There is a better way. And Jeremiah says that. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in Yahweh, whose trust is Yahweh. He is like a tree transplanted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Transplanted by water. Just like a plant cannot replant itself, so you and I can't replant ourselves either. But if you have been baptized, 
You have been transplanted. God has taken you from the parched life of sin and transplanted you by the living water of his grace and mercy. Baptismal water gives life. What's the primary difference between a shrub in the desert and a tree with green leaves? The primary difference is location, right? Location, location, location. I have a daughter-in-law who's a realtor. I hear that often. The location of our trust is the difference between a fruit-bearing Christian and a non-fruit-bearing person. Transplanted by the water, as says Jeremiah You don't have to fear when the heat comes. Your leaves remain green. Transplanted by water, you're not anxious when a year of drought comes. You continue to bear fruit. This happens for us as God transplants us and puts us by the streams of living water. And living by that water then, we don't give in to one of the major obstacles to our healing, and that is worry. Worry sucks the life out of us. Worry goes by other names, anxiety, apprehension, angst. Country cousins include fretting, frazzled, in a stew, on pins and needles, or with Elvis Presley all shook up. But worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot change the future. All worry does is ruin today. Worry crushes our confidence. It sabotages our sanity. It strangles our spirit. It throttles our thinking. And it torpedoes our trust. All of us get bad news in our life. All of us have things happen that are disappointing. All of us face setbacks, some of them major. But the person whose hope in trust is in the Lord isn't afraid, is not anxious in the year of drought. You have been transplanted by the water. In that, being next to that water then, you have the nourishment that you need to face the troubles of our life, face the times of drought, face the times of heat in your life. Jeremiah had another tree in mind when he was talking about being transplanted by living water. Do you know what tree he had in mind there? The Hebrew kind of tells us this. It's an olive tree. An olive tree. Olive trees supply both fruit and oil. They're the staple food and economics uh, of many of Mediterranean countries. They've been cultivated for like 6,000 years. 
An olive tree represents beauty because of its tree, its leaves, its numerous leaves, but it also represents durability because of its longevity. In fact, theoretically, an olive tree can live an unlimited amount of time because as the trunk broadens and hollows out, shoots come up from the roots that grow around that tree and replace the tree as the interior of it collapses. Now, for people to be um, likened to a tree, that connecting, connecting image represents abundance, um, closeness to God, and beauty. To say a person is uh, an olive tree is to say that that person is beautiful and productive and important. You know, so husbands, try that on your wives. Call your wives an olive tree. It's a good thing. No one wants to live like a shrub in the desert, in a salt land, where there's no life, no vibrancy, no real thing. And it all boils down to trust. Can we trust God? Yes, we can. Yes, a million times yes, we can. When we go to the Lord to ask for help, his answer is yes. There are certain prayers that God always answers yes to. God, help me to know you more. Yes. Expose my idolatry so that I can worship you more fully. Yes. Forgive my sins. I have no excuse. I throw myself on the cross of Christ. Yes, help me be a fruit-bearing tree. Transplant me by your streams of living water so that my roots can go deep into the gospel. And when those times of heat and drought come, I have no fear or worry. Yes, says our God. You know who painted this painting. It's got a style all his own. You note in this painting there are the gnarled roots of the olive tree, the energetic growth, the enduring stamina of an olive tree. Did you know in one year, Van Gogh completed 16 paintings of olive trees? He was enamored by the olive tree. Church of God, this isn't just a declaration of truth. This is an invitation to a relationship. God invites you to get out of those desert places in your life and be replanted by a water where your fruit will never cease, where your leaves will always be green. Remember these verses from an old hymn? Trust him when dark doubts assail thee. Trust him when thy strength is small. Trust him when to simply trust him seems the hardest thing of all. Trust him, he is ever faithful. Trust him for his will is best. Trust him for the heart of Jesus is the only place of rest. What happens then? A huge orchard. 
of olive tree.